Brought to you by PrayLatin.com, makers of prayer cards featuring complete English phonetic renderings of Latin pronunciations. Francis has a couple of convenient boogeymen that he just loves to invoke to smack the faithful around. One is, of course, the traditional Catholics, Jews are the greatest evil imaginable, which is rigidly clinging to the same faith as our forebears. The other of his villains are clericalism, something that Francis has never really defined other than saying that clericalism is basically treating the priest as if he is different from everyone else. The problem with that is that is precisely what the church has taught about the priesthood since the beginning. Go figure. Now the modernists are using clericalism as the excuse to institute all the values of the secular world and what they want enthroned in the church. And for what reason? It's actually really pretty simple. Because the authentic Catholic faith stands in opposition to the values of the world and the programs that they want to force on us. So the forces of the world's reasoning goes, the church must be brought to heal. That's been the case since the passing of Pius XII, and it continues to remain the case today. Things are picking up speed now. In light of the recent story about Cardinal Mark Ouellette, it's worth noting here that clericalism has a similar ring to it as Francis's personal war against rigid trads. It's essentially the same thing. Keep that in mind as we cover this story from America Magazine, which claims that clericalism is shaped by an all-male priesthood and the power that comes with it. What you're about to see here is an application of the values of the world to the church which is America's Magazine's favorite way of trying to undermine the Catholic faith. They're not being terribly subtle in writing this article, and neither are the other outlets that are covering the story. So from the article, quote, A new report explores how a culture of clericalism contributes to the hiding of Ted McCarrick-type crimes by clergy in the Catholic Church. The study reveals a widespread belief among church personnel that a repression of the fleshly desires unhealthy power dynamics in Catholic settings and dated views on men and women among church leaders foster a culture in which speaking up about wrongdoings is difficult. The report was researched and written by two professors at the Jesuit-sponsored Santa Clara University, Julie Hanlon Rubio and Paul J. Schutz. Dr. Rubio, who teaches Christian ethics at the Jesuit School of Theology of Santa Clara University in Berkeley, and Dr. Schutz, a teacher in the university's religious studies department, interviewed hundreds of priests, members of religious communities, and lay people working in the church to gather insight about the church's culture and to offer ideas for priests and lay people to reduce a culture of clericalism. For many people, the concept of clericalism is familiar. It's something they've heard about, and yet we don't have a common understanding of it, Dr. Rubio told America. We really do think that most people's understanding is that it's pretty individual. End quote. So in plain English, theologians at a Jesuit university blamed the Ted McCarrick problems among priests in the church that broke in the Boston Globe back in 2003, but everyone was kind of whispering about well before that. They're blaming that on clericalism and not on the priests of a uh, Pastor Jimmy Martin persuasion, as we like to say, men who should not be in the priesthood at all. The research data shows a practically perfect correlation between men of those kinds and the kind of problems we're alluding to here, which is a statistical impossibility for this to be random. In other words, the researchers are blaming the wrong problem. But of course they have to, because at the end of the day, they're Jesuits, and Jesuits gonna Jesuit, as we tend to say. 
But what do they mean by clericalism? If you've wondered what Francis actually means when he evokes that word, well, they're not going to explain it to you here. That's why I defined clericalism at the beginning. They're just, they don't want to do it. They're just going to blame a phantom problem that they don't define for problems caused by men unfit for the priesthood due to having serious issues they need to resolve by living chastely. They're going to continue with the article. Quote, Clericalism, the report argues, is a systemic issue that creates unhealthy environments in the church and not a phenomenon unique to certain bad actors. Rather than describing clericalism as an individual reality, a problem of quote-unquote bad apples, this study maps clericalism as a structural reality shaped by the interaction of three forces, two different kinds of the flesh and power, the authors write. Several contemporary and historical realities contribute to a culture of clericalism in the church, the report contends, which is exacerbated by a lack of opportunities for priests to discuss the flesh, the setting apart of priests from the laity, and little professional interaction between seminarians and lay women. The report notes that lay people and priests can both perpetuate clericalism in the church, and that understanding how clericalism contributes to an environment where Ted McCarrick problems are covered up need not oppose priesthood nor demonize priests, end quote. The priesthood is set apart. That's why it's called the holy priesthood. The word holy means set apart, among other things. But in other words, their solution is to liberalize the seminary process, liberalize the formation of priests. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? And by the way, that's liberalized it even more than it already has been. If you read the description of what seminarians go through now compared to, I don't know, even before the council or if not further back than that, the two experiences aren't really even similar. They're night and day, and some of it was changed gradually over time. But in others, you can see the clear changes done after the Second Vatican non-binding pastoral council. So why did they change it? Because they changed everything else at that point, too. The National Catholic Reporter also predictably covered on the same day both that report and synodal reports, which also dived rather deeply into the topic of clericalism, almost as if there's a coordinated effort to undermine the traditional priesthood or something. Headline from the National Catholic Reporter. Synod reports from around the world raise clericalism, women, as issues. I actually went into this article in greater detail earlier in the week, but I really wanted to revisit this because they're really just piling on. Instead of rehashing, though, what I talked about in my U.S. Synodal Report video, let's focus on the issue of clericalism. The solution to our modern problems in the church, apparently, according to the researchers in the Synodal documents, women deacons. Again, this is according to most of the synodal reports from various dioceses in the U.S. From the article, quote, some diocesan reports, such as those from Buffalo, Louisville, Salt Lake City, and Trenton, point to clericalism and the lack of women in leadership as problematic. Louisville, Trenton, and Salt Lake City noted calls for women deacons. The Buffalo report found the technical care problem and the lack of respect for women as manifested in an all-male clergy causing declining church attendance and membership. Even San Francisco, led by conservative Archbishop Salvatore J. Cordelione, admitted to clericalism. And Washington, D.C.'s Rosie Report notes one core fact. People do not trust the bishops. The Synod is a worldwide event, and early reports from bishops' conferences outside the U.S. repeat the same story. Clericalism is a scourge in the church, and women are not respected or included in leadership. Australia recently received a rocky, rocky plenary council meeting, during which the country's bishops 
refused to pass a statement witnessing the equal dignity of women and men, apparently because it included a request to quote-unquote restore, I'm adding the quote-unquote, women to the ordained diaconate. After nearly a quarter of council members protested, refusing to take their seats following a tea break, emergency meetings softened the statement to say that bishops would accept Rome's decision on women deacons. And quote, women were never ordained to the diaconate. That's just modernist historical revisionism. But do you see the game that's being played here? Remember, this is all being done in the name of reform and something the modernists keep calling the spirit. I'm sure they think they're talking about the Holy Ghost, but the spirit they're invoking is from the pits, it's from Gehenna. It's not the Holy Spirit. It is definitely not part of the Godhead. That's for certain. The fruits of this so-called reform are not a renewal of the church, but a schism of the Catholic Church into two different denominations. And I say denominations because, look, we don't look at the split between Orthodoxy and Rome as different denominations. That's not how we often talk about things, even though that would be an honest way to talk about the East-West schism, because there are more theological differences of opinion rather than just authority. But that is what we're facing with the Synod of Synodality. But don't have to take my word for it. A German priest is warning against the work of the Synod in Germany when he said the same thing. And remember, what the German bishops are doing is being called for by virtually every synodal report from every diocese in the world. The only difference here is that the German bishops are pushing for the changes themselves instead of dishonestly using the laity as some convenient excuse. Remember, the laity don't have a say in how the church is run. That's just the way it is. From calf.net, we get this headline. The Synodal Mistake. The author, Monsignor Martin Grishting, says that this is leading to the reality of two opposing denominations in the church. Personally, I think we're there already, but it does make a good point. Everyone is really beginning to see the split to something more than just a few fringe figures online telling people that there's a real problem in the church. Fringe figures like me. <laughs> From his article, quote, By means of a synodal path, the Catholic Church in Germany is to be kept in the post-Christian mainstream through substantial adjustments to the doctrine of faith. Numerous bishops and lay officials who are driving this quote-unquote reform process forward will be able to assert themselves within the decision-making structures they have created. But this is a pyrrhic victory, because the power to define faith that has been gained cannot be translated into an economically functioning church. A formal schism, a schism in the church cannot be afforded by the majority of the quote-unquote synodal path. Because the German state has concluded concordats and other legally binding treaties with the Holy See in favor of the Catholic Church, and whether the state would give a new German national church the status of a public corporation and give it financial privileges is uncertain, for better or for worse, end quote. So the principal difference between Germany and the rest of the church in this is that the German church it was, it has its authority recognized as part of the Catholic Church by the state government, that is the German government, and support, the German government supports it with the infamous church tax. But let's apply this logic to the church in America, or the UK, or wherever you like. Let's say the Synod of Synodality results in an overt schism. On the one side, you have apostate Rome that pushes for making the church into the latest liberal Protestant confession, this time with sacraments and adopts all the values of the world and rejects the entire history of the church's magisterial teaching in order to accomplish this, while maintaining 99% of the property of the church. On the other, you have a handful of the better bishops and traditional orders, and some Novus Ordo conservative priests. Who do you think the various governments of the West will recognize as the Catholic Church? 
and which do you think they'll best tolerate for a time before moving to suppress them using legal means to do so? It's a rhetorical question because we know the answer to that. Can you see the game? Change the priest, open the priesthood formally to men of the James Martin type, open it to the ladies, open it to, well, anyone really, except rigid trads, while instituting all of the other changes called for in the synod of synodality. And what do you get? A different church, a different religion. You no longer will have a church battling for its own identity these past few decades, but something different entirely. This is why I'll invoke the movie The Catholics. And it's gone by several different names, but in America it's called The Catholics. It's a Martin Sheen movie that takes place after a Fifth Vatican Council sometime in the early 21st century. The church they portray in that film is what Francis wants. You can find Martin Sheen's The Catholics on YouTube for free. I don't remember any strong language, sexual stuff, nothing. It's perfectly fine. I do recommend it. But I'm curious what you think about this story, so let me know in the comments what you think of it of an overtly obvious schism. You think that's likely. Not the de facto one we already have, but an overt obvious skit division. Is this all much ado about nothing? Is France is going to do something to prevent schism. Let me know what you think about this. Like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help. And as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.